Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Ezekiel in chapter 19. We, over the last few weeks, have completed looking at verses 1 through 9, in which we had a simile, a likeness of the house of Israel, the house of Judah, being compared to a lioness and her whelps. And her whelps represented the princes of the house of Judah or the kings of the house of Judah. And particularly as we looked at this portion and as this portion applied to, applied to the last four kings and is a result of the sins of their great-grandfather Manasseh. We found that those kings were wicked. Though they did just like lions, like lion cubs, learn to do. They learn to catch the prey. And they learn to devour the prey. And the likeness in those verses was that those young lions learned to catch the prey, and they devoured men. They were ruthless. And they were oppressors of men and sparing not their lives. And so God brought judgment upon them in the fact that they were conquered, captured by the Babylonian army. The likeness was to the nations round about to up, but they were they were the foreign armies of King Nebuchadnezzar, who had rose up and ca captured those kings. And this, these words were spoken to the present reigning king, Zedekiah. Now we come to verses ten through. 14. And we find that the message the Lord gives to Ezekiel, he changes gears just a little bit. Ezekiel speaks in a simile. But we're going to see that this simile is compared to a vine. In verse 10, we read him stating, Thy mother is like a vine in thy blood, 
planted by the waters. She was fruitful and full of branches by reason of many waters. She had strong rods for the scepters of them that bear rule. And her stature was exalted among the, na the thick branches. And she appeared in her height with the multitude of her branches. But she was plucked up in fury. She was cast down to the ground. And the east wind dried up her fruit. Her strong rods were broken and withered. The fire consumed them. And now she is planted in the wilderness in a dry and thirsty ground. And fire is gone out of a rod of her branch which hath devoured her fruit so that she hath no strong rod to be a scepter to rule this is a lamentation and shall be for a lamentation it is a, it is a mourning a mourning because of what she had been and now what she has become. So as we said, it is another simile. It is that of comparing Judah, the house of Israel, or the house of Judah, to a fruitful vine. This refers to the same persons as the lioness and her cubs. The lioness and her whelps as same persons as they refer to. And she became a mighty vine, we would say. Previously, in the previous nine verses, a lioness who was renowned. This is not strange. This part here especially is not strange at all because Israel was often compared to a vine. Turn with me to the book of Psalms the book of Psalms and chapter 80 Psalms chapter 80 and looking with me at verse 8 I'm going to take just a moment here Psalms chapter 80 and verse 8. 
Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou preparest room before it, and didst cause it to take deep root, and it filled the land. Hope that as we've read those two verses, you've seen the likeness, you've seen the comparison to the passage in the text. But reading on in verse 10, the hills were covered with the shadow of it, and the boughs thereof were like the goodly cedars. Back in our text, talked about her being elevated, her, talked about her being exalted. She sent out her bows, bows like unto the sea and her branches unto the river. Well, obviously the, the sea is, is, is talking about the Mediterranean Sea, but what river is it talking about? It was talking about the Euphrates River. That was, that was all that was given to her. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy in chapter 11. And look with me here at verse 24. Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall trot, tread shall be yours from the wilderness from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall your coast be. So, all the way from the Mediterranean, Lebanon in the north, the Mediterranean on the west, and the Euphrates on the east. Oh, all extending over to right up to the land of Babylon's border is the land that she had been given. So when we read that in Psalms chapter 80 and verse 11 concerning the river, we know that it's talking about the great river Euphrates. It's talking about. Also in the book of Isaiah, another comparison to vine the book of Isaiah chapter 5 in verse 1 now will I sing to my well beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard my well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it and gathered 
out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. When he looked at it, should bring forth grapes. And it brought forth wild grapes. You see, <laughs> Israel again is compared to a vine, a vine which the Lord brought out of Egypt and, and planted it, planted it in a good way, drove out the heathen, planted it there in a fruitful land, in a well-watered land. Gave her strength and exaltation. She was exalted. And there's a Isaiah chapter 5 verse 2 says, he looked that she should bring forth grapes and she brought forth wild grapes not good fruit chapter 27 of the book of Isaiah chapter 27 and in verse 2 In that day, singing unto her, a vineyard of red wine, I, the Lord, do keep it. <laughs> he keeps the vineyard. It's his vineyard. I will water it every morning, moment, lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. Now, obviously, the watering it every moment keeping it night and day hasn't occurred yes he's keeping her yes he's not done with her yes he's got a plan for her that's yet future but she's yet in rebellion against him one day <laughs> he's going to bring her unto him He's going to gather her unto himself. He's going to water her every moment. Night and day. For eternity. She's going to be blessed of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 2. The book of Jeremiah chapter 2. Look with me here, verse 1. Yet I had planted thee a noble vine, holy and bright seed. How then art thou turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? I planted you a good one, a good seed, good stock. But you've turned and become a degenerate vine, he said. 
But notice the comparison to, to a vine. And, and we had it not long ago in the book of Ezekiel. If you remember back in uh, the book of Ezekiel in chapter uh, 15, uh, Ezekiel chapter 15, and look with me here, verse 2. The Lord says, Son of man, what is the vine tree more than any tree, or than a branch which is among the trees of the forest? Here, 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 he's talking about Israel. He's talking about the house of Judah. The house of Israel, being, being a vine. And, and, and he's trying to show, <laughs> what good is, is a vine if it doesn't bear fruit? Remember the, the take on chapter 15? What is, what is the vine good for if it doesn't bear fruit? It's not good for, for pegs, for hanging pictures and, and, and things. It's not good for uh, assembling things together. Because it has no hard substance. Soft. It's, it's nothing good but to be gathered up and burnt in the fire. He said, with comparison to a vine... Chapter 17, which it, our studies were even more recent. In chapter 17, verse 6, he said this concerning, remember the two great e eagles? One eagle was greater than the other eagle. The first great eagle was, was Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And he says in, in verse of chapter 17 and he said it grew that is that, is that, that twig that the eagle snapped off the top of the cedar tree and, and planted it. it and it grew and became a spreading vine of low stature whose branches turned toward him and the roots thereof were under him so it become a vine and brought forth branches and shot forth sprigs. <laughs> it, it flourished under the reign and domain of King Nebuchadnezzar. Yes, he was under, under the judgment of God because King Nebuchadnezzar had taken him over and they were under the rule of God. And she was fine until she rebelled and began to, to grow, move her roots towards the other great people, the king of Egypt. And this pleased God as well as displeasing Nebuchadnezzar and God moved Nebuchadnezzar against her. But so we see many scriptures, and there are many more scriptures that, that compare the house of Israel, the house of Judah, to a vine. 
And was to be a fruitful vine. The same person, Zedekiah, is, is addressed here, as we said earlier. And his mother. His mother is house of Israel, or more directly, the, the house of Judah. Well, the house of Judah was, was Israelites, weren't they? You can't separate them. They're, they're Israelites. So, what's the house of Israel? The house of Judah. She was fruitful and strong. A strong scepter. And a strong scepter came forth from her, came forth from the house of Israel, came forth from the house of Judah, and produced many branches, produced many, many kings, did she produce. Turn with me to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis. And Chapter 49. Now I know we've gone to this text several times, but it's an important text. I guess we'll go there. <laughs> How many times in, in the last few chapters has, has God compared the house of Israel, the house of Judah, to a vine and to a scepter? And so we go there in... in uh, Genesis chapter 49, verse 9, uh, Jacob is pronouncing blessings upon his 12 sons. Judah is a lion's whelp. <laughs> Notice that. <laughs> Comparison there. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey. My son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion. And as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter. He's talking about his royalty. He's He's a, he's a lion's whelp. <laughs> he's strong. And he has a scepter. He's royalty. He's going to rule. Judah. Not any of the other tribes of Israel. But Judah. Was to be the ruling. The scepter was in Judah's hand. And it shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, until the Prince of Peace come, until the Messiah come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now obviously it's not talking about 
the Prince of Peace's first coming. Because at his first coming, the people were not gathered unto him. But at his second coming, when he comes the second time as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, then none of the people are going to be gathered unto him. Then is the house of Israel going to be gathered unto him again. The scepter is in the hand of Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ of the tribe of Judah, the house of David, the rightful heir to the throne. Look with me back at the book of Hebrews. Hebrews and turn with me here to chapter 1. The thing I'm wanting you to know here is that the strength that was to be there, the power that was to be there. Hebrews chapter 1 and 8, verse 8 says, but unto the Son. He said, who's the Son? Well, the Son talked of here is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O he, he calls the Son, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, is the scepter of thy kingdom. The house of Judah was to be an exalted, to be house of kings of the seed of David. And it was promised to David that his seed would not fail to sit on the throne. Whenever there's a king in Israel, it was to be of the seed of David. And so, the seed of David in the south, in Judah, after the split, after that Solomon disobedience, David and his son Solomon, they towered above all the other branches. The kingdom, the kingdom was strongest under David and Solomon. Particularly Solomon's reign is said to, in, in, in the history of, of Israel that during the reign of Solomon they occupied more land of the promise than at any, any other time in their history. And even then they didn't occupy all that God had given them. So they showed their might and their power and their exaltation under the reigns of David and, and Solomon for strength, for wealth, 
above all the other nations. And all the other nations esteem them very highly until they turn from God. Turn with me to the Psalms again and just reading some passages from the Psalms chapter 2 Ask of me, I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Here the, the Father, the Father is talking to the Son. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. And the uttermost parts of this earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dice them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And of course, it's spoken of as referencing Probably the writer of the psalm himself, but prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ, showing the strength of the king, the strength that is promised unto them. Chapter 80 of Psalms. Psalms in chapter 80. Verse, verses 15 through 17. And the vineyard which thy right hand hath planted, and the branch that thou madest strong for thyself. See, he made it strong. It became strong under David. It became strong under Solomon. It was strong. Until Solomon's heart was turned away from the Lord. It is burned with fire. It is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the son of man, whom thou madest strong, for thyself. <laughs> you see? God made them strong. <laughs> as, as long as they were obedient. Yeah, King Saul, the first king, he wasn't obedient. He didn't have a heart to serve the Lord. But God said, I'll, I'll put a man after my own heart on the throne. And he put David on the throne. And David was a man after the heart of God. And he went after the heart of God. God made him strong. And gave his son Solomon rest in his days. God made him strong. Turn with me to the 110th chapter. 
the 110th chapter. And look at verse 2 with me. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Is it going to come out of Zion? Is it going to come out of Jerusalem? Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. <laughs> oh, yet future. Yet future. The Lord shall send the rod out of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. And he's going to come. He's going to come to rule. He's going to come to conquer, to defeat, and to rule the nations. But, back in our text, back to our text, considering our text, but the vine became corrupt. So the Lord God caused it to shrivel. He caused the east wind to blow upon it. What is represented by the east wind? <laughs> well, hard to figure out. Babylon. The east wind. Babylon lied to the east. And he caused the east wind to blow upon it and to dry up its fruit. Consider that. She had a heart under David that was after the Lord to serve the Lord. For the first half of Solomon's reign, a heart that was after the Lord became well known among the nations. We find the queen in the south. The queen of Sheba coming up to visit Solomon. <laughs> She'd heard of him. She'd heard of his fame. She'd heard of his wealth. She'd heard of his wisdom. <laughs> she was curious. He came up. God made him strong. Because they were obedient. But when they began to turn their heart away and they began to be disobedient unto him and his commandments, then the vine began to wither. Until he it withered and he sent the east wind to dry up her fruit. One more passage. Chapter 52 of the book of Psalms. Chapter 52. And looking with me at verse 5. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place. 
and root thee out of the land of the living. Gila. Think about that. Pause to think about that. Reflect upon that. Give it thought. This is what God is going to do to the wicked. And the wicked, he condemned. The wicked, he brought his judgment upon them. But he saved a remnant. A remnant. God, God has always had his remnant. Adam and Eve sinned. But God clothed them. Clothed them in his righteousness. But they were sinners. Clothed in his righteousness. And they bore sinful sons. And one of those sons rose up in wickedness against his brother and slew his brother. And God gave another son to Adam and Eve, Seth. And you follow in the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis and you'll follow the line of Cain. They were wicked. They were godless. But in the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, you see Seth. You see the seed of Adam through Seth. And they were righteous men. They were just men. God's always had his remnant had his people. But the wicked, the wicked are going to be destroyed. The wicked are going to be plucked out of their dwelling place. They're going to be rooted out of the land of the living. And you can turn to the book of Revelation and, and, and chapter 21 and 22 and you'll see that, that no wicked person is there. And the new heavens and new earth. Only the righteous are there. Nothing that defiles or that is sinful shall enter therein. But they found their place in the lake of fire. In chapter 20 of the book of Genesis. Just food for thought. Thought provoking. Are you saved of the Lord? Or are you the wicked? Are you the one of the wicked that are going to be cast out of your dwelling place? Get out of the land of the living. You'll not enter heaven's gates. You'll not enter the new heavens and new earth. The new heavens and the new earth, you understand, is heaven. <laughs> Heaven on 
through heaven and the new earth where the Lord Jesus Christ is where the Lord Jesus Christ is is heaven the wicked I'm going to enter there well we'll close there with that tonight